On today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, we bring in Nick Fairbanks on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the show. We're going to talk about our expectations, how they've changed this season versus years past. We're going to talk about takes that will get you canceled, Florida Panthers takes that will get you canceled. And in the final segment, we're going to discuss all about the scores around the league and how that has set up the Panthers um, on their way to the division title in the East. and Talk, bring in and talk to Nick Fairbanks about who he would rather face in the first round of the playoffs, all on today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to this Friday, April 15th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from PantherBarkway.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also follow the national show, Locked On NHL, and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark, who will be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. And thank you for making Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. So, uh, it is a Fairbanks Friday edition of the show, as I said at the top. Usually on these Thursdays, we usually have games to recap. But for the last two weeks, it's been a little different on the schedule. And uh, honestly, Friday night games for the Florida Panthers. Um, people coming out uh, when it comes to ending the week, their work week at least, uh, it's it's kind of a, it was it buzzed last week uh, when it came to the Florida Panthers having a Friday night game. Usually, uh, ho- um, the Florida Panthers are not uh, playing Friday night games, but th- this is another opportunity for uh, South Florida to really show out and to bring a lot of energy uh, when it comes to uh, this team and how well they've done um, this season. So let me bring in uh, Nick onto the show. Um, to of course, it's a Friday edition of the show, which means uh, of course this is a. Uh, his spot, the the guest host of the show. Um, Nick, it's great to have you back. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, as always, Armando, and uh, thank you for keeping my seat warm. Of course, man. And uh, I kind of feel bad for you, dude, because um, it, it, it it's kind of like you've been scammed uh, these last two weeks with the Cats not having uh, any games on the last two Thursdays. It's okay. I mean, there's definitely other things in uh, the NHL world that uh, can affect the Florida Panthers right now. And uh, I'm pretty sure that we have plenty of content to go through to uh, kind of get everybody ready for uh, that all, uh, all-encompassing all push for the Stanley Cup. Absolutely, man. So, and speaking of a push to the Stanley Cup, um, I, w- I was listening to um, Territory Talk today with uh, Doug Plagans and Jamison Olive, and they they discussed something about about how this, how we as people who cover this team and watch this team on the daily, about how our expectations are when it comes to this team. Of course, last year they were on a 115-point pace, but of course, with some context there, they were playing some of the same teams uh, eight times with the with the Central Division being there. So, of course, a lot of us and even outside of Florida Panther circles wanted to see how this would be in an 82 game season. And and the point pace is even better at this point in time for the Florida Panthers. Just uh, incredible. But even some 
and it's really sometimes when the Florida Panthers with the expectations that we have, sometimes it feels like losses can just hurt so much more versus in past years. Uh, it was just another loss. So it, it just goes to show how much um, differently we see this team and just how uh, where where we expect them to be. So valid points. I think that the Florida Panthers have done a magnificent job over the last couple of years of, you know, setting those expectations. I think with the hiring of uh, Coach Q a few years ago, um, really did set that tone saying we are ready to win. Uh, we have the right people in place and uh, players are put on notice that they need to perform or we need to find other um you know, avenues in order to uh, be successful. And, um, you know, Bill Zito's also come in and uh, actually, you know, replenished uh, this roster. So, I mean, you could talk about the depth all day on this team and how creative this team is and how powerful they are up front. Um, but I think with the expectation talk now is it's cup or die. Um, you know, you probably have this window open for maybe two or three years, but uh, right now you're in the driver's seat, you're in the number one seed uh, spot, and it really depends on who you're going to be playing and if your team uh, gels together as well as this team has. So, um, you know, to your point, if the team loses, yeah, it feels like the world is falling because we expect them to win every single game. I expect them to win every single game or that they shouldn't be out of them. But I think the craziest thing is, is that when they get down in games like they have, you know, recently where they're coming back from four goals down or five goals down and everything and they come back and win it makes it that much crazier and it, the expectations get that much higher so um yeah definitely a good time to be a florida panthers fan but you know i always side on the air of caution and say hey when it's playoff time it's a different game so um <laughs> hopefully uh those expectations for all panther fans finally come to fruition and it ends with a stanley cup and that mindset is comes with years of losing too you're where and 100. i'm kind of in that same boat when you're just so used to it it's like it's like it's like putting a wall up too and just mm. not not like getting the hopes up and just saying and just saying that this, this it's going to happen it's going to happen instead of just you know letting it ride one game at a time just stay in the present as well and you know with 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 you um with in the last two weeks since uh, you've been on the show, that was that was the that was in the start of the third game of the eight game winning streak. So we talk about the different types of wins. You have a shutout in there against Chicago. You had a, a blown four one lead against Montreal. The comeback against New Jersey, um, clinching a spot against Buffalo, Toronto, um, and that close game against Nashville, where it was a a, a big road win, and, a, and of course John Gibson's most uh, recent performance. And it's just different type of wins, and just uh, and and even and even with their wins, the the coaching staff isn't satisfied, and it's just continuing that theme of never getting too high when things are going well, and never getting too low when things aren't go so, going so well. Because remember, just a few months ago, there was a three game home losing streak against not starting goalies just just a few weeks ago. And now, and now, and that was a pretty low point in that, in the, in this current season, but now getting those different types of wins and those comebacks, of course, err on the side of caution, but mm -hmm. scratching out wins regardless. Yeah. And I mean, that's why I, I try to be level headed when it comes to these things, you know, when they win, you know, it's a great feeling. You don't have that stress, 
you know, taking, you know, with you, you know, maybe, uh, you know, to your good night's sleep or maybe into work the next day. Cause you know, we're all passionate. We all love this team. We all want to see this organization do well, but you know, after years of disappointment, um, you know, kind of grows on you like, eh, well, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we win or if we win this game or we lose this game, it really, you know, it, it's a throw up, but now we expect to win. But when the playoffs start, it's a whole different animal. And I can only imagine the, um, uh, the range of emotions that's going to go through, whether that's going to be through Twitter, uh, you know, our WhatsApp group chat, you know, or just, you know, having, you know, talks between Panther fans, you know, in, you know, real life, because, you know, those things still happen. But um, I, I think the big thing is, is that I think Andrew Burnett has the team's pulse uh, correct, reminding them that, hey, listen, we still have 10, eight games left. And, you know, the season's not over, but you guys need to understand that we're still not there yet. You know, the team, we're not playing that the way that we should, even though we're winning games. Um, in order to win in the playoffs, there's a certain way that you need to play, and there's also a mindset that you need to go in uh, with. Um, I think we partially had that last year against Tampa, but I feel like, in a way, emotions got in the way of us or of them uh, actually winning that series. Uh, and I'm basically talking about the penalties that they took that they didn't need to against a dangerous lighting team. But I think this year with the maturity and the the gelling of the whole team and how much they fight for each other and how much fun that they're having, that it might be different this year. And, you know, I, I just hope that the team understands that they know that and that they're listening to the coaching staff. Yeah, and you talk about Andrew Burnett's experience. He he had a game-winning goal in a game seven against Colorado uh, during his playing days too. So he 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 knows what it's like to to win uh, a series and what it's like to scratch and grind. So he's carrying that experience to this Pan Panthers team, and that's what just what makes him such a great players coach. And people, I've seen things on the internet um, recently about saying that it's time to remove the interim tag off Andrew Burnett and. What I have to say to that is patience, patience. It's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. If he wins the first round series, you don't even need to do it then. Wait until the season's over and then go go from there. I'm not, I'm I'm just not. And and even if they do it right now, it's I don't think it's a distraction either way. They're just going to show up to the office the next day because I think the players also feel good that he's going to stick around past this season too. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to deviate from what I said, you know, probably a couple of months ago when uh, the same, you know, question was posed. But, yeah, I don't think it's something that needs to be done right now. I mean, the team has performed wonderfully under Burnett, but I think that's one of the last things that they need to really entertain right now. Um, they're in the midst of their playoff push. You know, they're trying to secure the first overall spot um, in the East. Um, let those things take care of themselves. Um, I feel like it already has. But really, let's let's see what the team does in the playoffs. Let's see if there has been a change of mindset and there's been a maturity because, um, you know, again, with those expectation talks, if this team does not get out of the first round again. It's a disaster. It's a disaster, and it shows that this team hasn't really matured or moved on from last year at all. I mean, or even the last couple of seasons, even the play-in uh, round that we had, um, you know, in the bubble and everything. So, you know, they got to exercise those demons. I know I say that term a lot, but, you know, the interim tag of Burnett is the last thing that we need to be thinking about right now. Completely agree. And uh, definitely it's going to be a conversation brought, brought, maybe brought up again 
but uh definitely we will have a breaking news episode if that does happen regardless of whether it's tomorrow or whether it's um um in the middle of the off season but we're gonna we're gonna transition over to the next segment we're, we're gonna talk about our uh florida panthers take that will get us canceled a little fun segment with the florida panthers having uh two days off but first we're gonna tell you all about built bar and this is the time of year where i've pretty much given up on all my new year's resolutions but not this year i'm sticking my resolution to eat right thanks to built bar it almost feels like it's not really a resolution because i actually enjoy eating have you tried the puffs if you haven't then you're missing out on built bars best tasting bars puffs are the first protein infused marshmallow they're fluffy marshmallowy they're not just a protein bar they're a treat and covered in 100 real chocolate all built bars are covered in 100 chocolate yes puffs included 100 real chocolate Low calorie, high protein. Replace these, your candy bar with these. At Built Bar, they're all about taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your next listen of the day, make sure to listen to the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps from all the NHL uh, experts on the Locked On podcast network with quick recaps of every game. So, Nick, uh, I posted a tweet from the Locked On uh, Panthers uh, page on on Twitter um, asking about uh, uh, Florida Panthers takes that will get you that would get you canceled. Uh, of course, we spoke about this uh, off recording to give you a little bit of time of what you would uh, say. Um, but I, I'm going to go first on the, on this one of what what is a Florida Panthers take that will get you canceled? And this is this is mine. I'm actually going to read it word for um, word for word. Panthers should have not 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 have bought out Keith Yandel's contract with Ekblad being currently out. Now they don't have a quarterback on the power play. Let's not forget that the Iron Man streak would still be a thing. <laughs> oh, poor Keith Yandel. Um, I'll be honest. I don't think the Florida Panthers are missing him too much. But, um, no. yeah. No, no. Um, so, no, that that is a good take. Um, but I am glad his contract is gone. <laughs> um, until next offseason or next season. But, um, so – I don't know if this is really going to be so much of a cancellation take, but um, I know a lot of people are not uh, a fan of this at all, but I I do think that Sergei Bobrovsky has proven himself this season that he should be the starter and that he should be given a longer leash than a lot of people want to give him Whoa. for the playoffs. Um, I know he's had a history of not being a performer, but – something just tells me that I think he's just going through the motions now and he's getting ready for the playoffs. And I think he's going to have a huge showing. So um, he should have the net and he should be given a pretty long leash. And the thing is, I don't think that's necessarily cancelable because um, there are actually, there are actually people who, who believe that too. And there is reasoning behind it too. There is, there is a good um, reasoning behind it, but there's also a reason of course, for the other side uh, based on, uh, where uh, how Sergey Bobrovsky has uh, performed lately, and with um, Spencer Knight coming in um, relief uh, for for the Panthers. So I do have one, and this might get around Twitter. 
I'd rather have Noel Charlie in the lineup than Ryan Lomberg. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so I, uh, we'll, we'll see how that sits with people. Um, I love the Lamborghini, uh, but I think Noel Chari is just the quintessential playoff centerman and playoff player. So, um, grinder. Yes. So, I mean, take take that for what you will, but uh, Noel Chari greater than Lamborghini. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Let's see how many reactions uh, we will see. All right. So, there 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 are quite a few replies. Uh, that we have here. Here's one from uh, Decker at Rude Deck. He said, we need to hire a veteran coach to replace Bruno. The man that's been in charge of our pathetic power play isn't going to fix it and lead this team. Me and But he says, quote, me daily approximately in Bruno's first 30 games. So we consider his first game against uh, Detroit, that overtime win, and then like the power play percentage being like if if my math if my if my memory serves right, I believe it was under ten percent uh, at the yes. end of December, and since January first, it's been the best in the league, um, making their season average at seven. So, you know, at the time, <laughs> at the time, I even saw um, some people saying fire Andrew Burnett. So, glad glad that that <laughs> was proven wrong. Um, Correct. All right, here's one from um, Jamie Weens at Dragons Quest. Trade Uyghur to Ottawa. We can't afford him. Resign Giroux. <laughs> not, it might not be a bad idea, um, depending on you know what that's going to look like. But um, what's the term on Giroux? Uh, yeah, is it going to be you know the Dale Talon special five years and forty million dollars, or are we going to get the uh, Bill Zito special where he signs him for maybe two or three years at you know four million a, a piece, which I would take you know, any day of the week, but, you know, I don't know if I want to sign Mackenzie Weger to an eight year deal for $8 million. I, I don't think the team could do that. And on top of that, um, some of the mistakes he makes are Yandel-esque and I don't know if I want to live through that anymore, to yeah. be honest with you. <laughs> and uh, with a contender that the Florida Panthers are, they might, uh, we've, ta- we've said many times that we don't know, if they're going to be able to keep any anybody, I I think Mason Marchman's gone um, after mm-hmm. this season. Um, Mackenzie Weger might some be someone who who's gone um, in a, in a few years. Um, I I believe next year is the last year of his deal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but that that of course Aaron Ekblad's contract is really good value, which helps. But yep. the term of it, I'd be very hesitant on on on, on, on that one. Um, but Drew, no more than three. Um, it's funny because no, he's, he's 34, right? Um, yes, 34. Okay. Yeah. So but um even even the people from Locked On Senators, they replied saying uh both should come to Ottawa repeat about Uyghur and uh Claude Giroux. Both both that both should come. I'm like, and what do the Panthers get? Uh hello. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, here's uh, one from, uh, I'm going to take uh, Brown from them. Say again? I might have to uh, take Brown back from them. Yeah. Josh Brown. Definitely. Um, yeah. I, I would take, <laughs> uh, um, so here's one from Panther Puri. I, I, I don't know which one, I don't know which one of the three guys, uh, reply, um, replied to this, but he said uh, it was related to Keith. And like, 
but they should have, but this one is like, they should have traded Yandel to Arizona, even if they had to give up a one or two first round picks and lose out on Reinhardt, Sherratt, and or Giroux. I'm like, yeah, that's cancelable for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think Panther Pori should be uh, very hesitant to start sending out second round picks. <laughs> Considering... Um, their 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 uh <laughs> their initial reaction to getting Sam Bennett for a couple of second rounders, which I'm still willing to send out another second for him. One more? One yeah, more. one more. Depends okay. on how many more penalties he wants to take. Okay. Yeah, the pen and and it's funny because um the when you talked about in the last segment when we talked about a little bit about uh penalties and like um uh the the moment Maturity, I thought, yep. the, the mo the moment I thought of was game one. Um Yep. Uh, the, the charging all the way from center ice is like if you don't get if you don't see anything from Sam Bennett um in uh in, in that in the playoffs in the playoffs then I, and and of course uh getting at goalies um behind, behind the net too because he's been he's been a little guilty of that even though in the preseason game from what I remember I think Vassy flopped a little bit um, I don't know how much um, I don't know how good your memory is from the preseason I think Vassy flopped on that one Jacob and I were talking about that one <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll see what Bennett does. I mean, he might get a penalty or two, but hopefully it's not at a crucial time in the game where the Panthers are leading and it causes a tie or a game winning breakaway, you know, mm -hmm. for, for sure. Um, yeah. So that's it for all the replies based on um, uh, takes that will get you canceled. A really fun, a really fun uh, segment to chat about on, on the show. Just uh, just to um, change it up a little bit as uh, the Florida Panthers, of course, once again, have uh, two days off and just have a little bit of fun here uh, every, every so often. But we're going to talk about where the Panthers stand right now as far as the, their clinching scenarios for the Atlantic Division and the Eastern Conference and talk about a like like Nick said at the top, even though there's no game, a lot of things went into the, the Panthers way. So we're going to talk about that in the next segment. But first, we're going to tell you all about BetOnline. And BetOnline is your number one source for all your for betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use a mobile device to learn about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Third and final segment on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, of course. The, the same the same Friday crew Armando Velez with Nick Fairbanks um a pretty decent night uh for the Florida Panthers to be off um, um the Detroit Red Red Wings um they go into Carolina on the road Alex Nedeljkovic um after being traded um from mm -hmm. the Carolina Hurricanes to Detroit this past offseason because um of course they didn't want to pay him comes into um, Carolina and goes 46 of 46, gets the win. And that that creates the Florida Panthers is, of course, they were in the driver's seat already, even before, even if the Carolina Hurricanes were to win. But now that magic number for both the division and the East 
is now at nine. So just an incredible uh, performance by Alex Delkovich. And I know uh, you live in a, you are in a Red Wings household as well. So how's the vibes there in the Fairbanks household? I'll be honest with you. Uh, they usually win or play really well when they are not being watched. And uh, I remember many years of the Panthers where I would not watch them and they would do very well. So um, hats off to Nedeljkovic going into Carolina and kind of proving a point. Um, I still find it hilarious that uh, Carolina refused to pay him and yet had to pay more money for to bring in other goalies and everything. So, um, I mean, they're doing pretty well, but um, I think Detroit's going to be set up for success here in the next couple of years with him and net. Um, but you know, everything went the Florida Panthers way this, uh, this evening. Um, you know, you couldn't ask for, you know, a better turnout other than, you know, possibly, you know, Toronto still winning, um, Tampa Bay came back and won, but I also think that that helps out, you know, um, you know, the wild card situation where Boston ended up losing to Ottawa, um, and then puts a little bit of space between them because now it turns, you know, the. Panthers' hopeful attention to the Washington Capitals, um, which, you know, for me, um, I hope that they do play them, even though the games were really tight. Um, you know, they're only one goal games, if I if I remember correctly. Um, I just feel like the Panthers, you know, have a way of being able to probably uh, execute their game plan against ca Capitals uh, more than they would against, you know, a team like Pittsburgh, where the styles are similar and it would just be run and gun. And I think that would be a very bad precedent to set for, you know, the goalies, you know, whether it's Knight or Bobrovsky. So um, I think getting them in a series with the Capitals and get building that confidence within the goalies, I think would prove uh, very beneficial going forward. Mm. Yeah, and let's see if NHL.com has updated it with uh, Pittsburgh and um, Washington. So now, well, Washington has two games in hand, though, on Pittsburgh. And even if they were to win both of them, they'd still be one point behind. And a very popular line from Frank Rikas, games in matter don't um, don't matter. Um, games in hand don't matter un unless you win them. So it's it, the it's looking more and more every day that it's going to be Washington that's going to be the first round matchup uh uh for the, for the Panthers in round 1 and of course uh I Pittsburgh's a faster team which um Jacob and I disagreed on uh, on that one <laughs> um but but um we have one one uh, two of us that want Washington one that that wants Pittsburgh in that in that round 1 series and looks like it's going to be uh and home ice advantage is still not determined in between a possible Tampa Bay Toronto series um four point separation with the same amount of games played of mm -hmm. course uh Toronto Toronto uh manhandles Washington 7 to 2 um Tampa Bay um Andre Vasilevsky gets pulled after the third goal in the in the 10 minute mark of the second and this is um this is something that my counterpart of Locked on Lightning has talked about how he hopes that Vasilevsky gets a little bit more rest throughout the playoffs because of the toll that's been taken on him these last few last few postseasons. Uh -huh. And I guess that of him being pulled is not if if they hadn't won those Stanley Cups and gone on those long playoff runs, I don't think he's pulled on a night like this. I think it I think him being pulled is more like more than just past something like tonight. They came back and win. Brian Elliott didn't give up a single goal. I believe he went 13 of 13 um, when, when I checked the box score. But I think that that's a product of thinking more than just tonight's game. 
Yeah, and you know, most of the time when a goalie's pulled, it's not because of them. It's because of the team around them, and they're just not playing up to par. And you know, we've seen it here in Florida, where yeah. you know, maybe Bob lets in you know four, unfortunately five. You know, we call him <laughs> Bob. Uh, what is it for Golski? I, mm-hmm. I think his nickname was for the last couple of seasons, but um, you know, the last couple of games where he hasn't been the sharpest, there's been a lot of goals that have gone in that weren't his fault and he's gotten pulled and Knight comes in and he plays fantastically, but the team responded to that. So um, I have to think that the lightning did the exact same thing uh, this evening against Anaheim. You know, they weren't playing while they were losing and, you know, he gets pulled and, you know, I think it's the first time he's been pulled in actually a couple seasons. Um you know, which t- tells you a lot, but, mm. you know, as you said, you know, he needs some rest, but one thing I want to say is, you know, it seems like last season that we figured, you know, Vassy out and look what he did in the playoffs. Um, I think this is a guy who has a switch and he can turn it on whenever he wants. Um, now that they've clinched a playoff spot, I think the rest of the team is going to relax and they're going to coast until the playoffs start. So I think this is an indicator of that. Yeah, um, I like that you put uh, "figured" uh, in quotes there because I'm not, I'm not. When when a team that has that much experience goes into the playoffs, um, I'm not ready to write them off. And some, be, of course, uh, we've joked around saying um, in in a, in the chat saying Tampa Bay is broken, but of course. I, I don't mean that when I say it, like, it's just like, they, they definitely look different though. I mean, I, I well, just, I don't see the, I don't see it in their mm. game right now, which it might not be a terrible thing, but it's, it's something different from the past couple of seasons, but I, you, you definitely know as soon as game one starts, it's they're they're going to be different. Turnover does that um, in sports. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess that's why. And, um, but the core is still there. That's really what matters at the end of the day. Um, of mm-hmm. course, it's an older core um, now um, since the the first uh, cup run, but it's, it's still there. And um, Tampa Bay, um, looking at the schedule right now, Tampa Bay and Toronto do play a week from this um, tonight, um, um, April twenty first. So that will that's definitely one that I'll keep an eye on. And it's it's an ESPN game, um, so nationally televised. Uh, Tampa Bay, Toronto next Thursday, um, and. Florida has a nationally televised game on Sunday against Detroit. And it happens at the same time as game one of the Miami Heat's first uh, playoff game. So I'm a little, I'm a little annoyed, Nick. Um, yeah, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit annoyed. Um, but um, yeah, Ottawa beats Boston, creating that separation. And um, here's one Western conference. Um, Minnesota defeats Dallas in overtime. Um, and right now this game's not final yet. But Vegas, um, they're heading into the third period, up 5-1 on the road against Calgary. Mm-hmm. Mark Stone just came back off, off of LTIR, and they made a crap ton of moves in order to fit uh, Mark Stone into the mix. Um, and Vegas and Dallas play one more time. So, so, so after tonight, Vegas is going to be down only two points if this whole lead holds with uh, Dallas having a game in hand. Yes, correct. If I'm reading that correctly, yes. Um, it'll be two points and one game in hand. So and they've been on a tear lately. I think they've been six and one since then. So uh, you know, I wonder if, you know, just getting some guys healthy and uh getting everybody together has really, you know, kind of brought that team together. Um, but also maybe they had to look themselves in the mirror because they 
honestly, they had what uh, Dallas had four games in hand and they were only like maybe two or three points out. And it seems like the whole Eichel debacle uh, was rearing its head and seeing if he's even going to make the playoffs. Um, I still think Dallas is going to take the final spot, to be honest with you. I think it's a little too little too late for uh, Vegas to, um, you know, overtake them. Yeah, and Alec Martinez has been back too, um, as well. So that that's a a big part of their um their line um their lineup uh, for um Vegas. They might make a, a late push, but in, injuries catch up to people, and um and of course um making a few play um playoff runs past the first round, of course, uh, that's gonna take take a toll. And honestly, I look I look at the I look at the trade um between Jack Eichel and um Bu- Buffalo. It's really looking like that this is a I know I know this is only a few months old, but it's really starting to look like that this team this trade is really beneficial for both teams. Like with Peyton Krebs and Alex Tuck, they still have a first round pick. Owen Power just signed his ELC um mm-hmm. to play for the Buffalo Sabres. Um and and um so it looks like something that's really um really beneficial for both sides. Um Jack Jack goes, even if they don't make the even if Vegas doesn't make the playoffs this year. Nobody's going to sleep on them going into next year. No, and uh, I'll be honest. I mean, we we've you know kind of joked about this, and it's a easy talking point or whatever. But I honestly don't think Jack Eichel's the issue in Vegas. I, I think it's uh, management and how they've decided to treat players. Um, I mean, we can look at uh, Dodonov th- that situation. Um, I mean, look look what they did to get Mark Stone back on the roster. They had to basically put four guys on LTIR, which to me is insane. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if Tampa Bay did this a couple years ago when they only did it with one guy, um, yeah, th- there's something three. that needs to be done. Yeah, th- there's something that needs to be done with that rule. But I honestly think that management has put them in a, uh, you know, they've tried to do everything they can to win. But I also don't think that they've done themselves any favors getting rid of first round picks and also probably uh, players going forward uh, like Nick, Nick Suzuki. Uh, that would probably pay huge dividends right now at a, with a uh, very cheap contract. Yeah, and Nick Suzuki um, getting an extension. Um, the people over at Locked On Canadians uh, keep um, saying the future captain of the Habs mm-hmm. too. So there, there, that that's what it's looking like and trending towards. So um, yeah, and with trying to so hard to win, sometimes we can forget that the people you're trading are human beings too, and that Mark Andre Fleury found out that he was traded on Twitter. Like the the world that we live in, that that players in all sports are finding out through Twitter, is just kind of irks me. That it's like, hey, not even a phone call saying, hey, we're starting to discuss, or we're finalizing, not even making it final. Like the fact that they don't get a phone call, and then you find out on Twitter, it's just doesn't it's a lack right of respect. Me. Yeah, absolutely, and it's just like the the. It's a people watch that people come to the ring to watch them, mm-hmm. and 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 they're treated this way, and it's just it's just something that's just annoys me really. But one thing I will say about this, and I was actually listening to um, a radio show the other night, but um, the reason why other leagues are so popular and the reason why it's they're always in the news is because there's always drama. Um, how often does the NHL have drama going on that you know? goes over weeks. I mean, we're talking about the Lakers and not making the playoffs, LeBron Mm -hmm. flopping, um, 
you know, you have the NFL with their numerous news, you know, blurbs and scandals and stuff like that. They're always in the news. There's always something going on with the NHL. They have kind of the opposite mindset. They don't really want to be in the news. And I can understand that from a standpoint of not wanting to have negative press. But at the same time, you need to have your name out there um, and you are, you have to constantly be in the news. So um, I think, you know, how Fleury was treated was terrible, but it created a lot of drama and it created a lot of uh, news for Fair the enough. NHL. And, you know, when Chicago traded him to Minnesota, I mean, people didn't know if he was going to be okay with going to Minnesota or not. So that was another part of the drama that was drummed up. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens this offseason. I'd be very interested to see what the NHL wants to do. And, um, you know, I don't know if you'd want to kind of get into it, but, you know, what's going on in Ottawa recently, um, unfortunately, um, with ownership up there and, you know, what's good or what's negative and everything. But it would be very good to hear, you know, kind of the in and outs of what was going on in that operation. Yeah, and The Athletic had a really, really long article uh, today. I only read, like, only a quarter of it. It's really, really long article that they that mm-hmm. they wrote. And I was just um, – I was just reading of all, all the disrespect that Eugene Milanik had on other people and people talk about maybe about how it's so soon about that. This guy just recently died, but a lot of the findings about how he treated people, they said the people writing the article um, said that 95% of it was found even before he died. So, that that it just goes to show that it, it's just um they were it's something that was investigated for and that was the reputation that Ottawa had for a long time. I mean, he's been the owner since like the early two thousands. There's still an arena situation that's going on over there. Uh, I mean, I, I I don't I'm not too familiar with Ottawa, but I know just like the Panthers, it's it's not in a central location that mm-hmm. is is very accessible to fans. And this is a Canadian team we're talking about, um the the capital of the country too. And um, just the, there can be just a lack of people skills sometimes um, with, with these are human beings um, putting on a product for other people, like celebrate them. And, um, you know, this may be one of those topics where, you know, it it really depends on what side of the fence you're on or, um, you know, how you view life. Um, I think a lot of people view as somebody passing away that you need to remember them uh, about the best things that they did or the good things that they were able to accomplish or, you know, do in their life. Um, I don't know if we really live in that world anymore. Um, We live in a world where um, it's important to understand the full extent or the full story of, you know, you know, even of a new story, like you were talking about with athletic or about somebody's life. Um, just because we, we want to get to the truth of things, you know, I I think it's easy to write a puff piece about, you know, a team or a player and say how great they were. And then once you find out a little bit more about them, that maybe they weren't just as great individual, but they're an ambassador of the game. And I think it's fair that, you know, we learn about these people and we learn about, you know, how they were with people. Um, you know, there was, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of individuals came forth and said, you know, Melnick was very nice. He was very fortunate and he, he treated us, you know, very well. And he was always very appreciative about talking about hockey and, you know, the Ottawa senators. Um, but that's not the full story of things. And I think a lot of people just don't want to talk about those things because they're not easy and they're probably not, you know, the happiest things. 
Yes. Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, it's just I think that we've come to a point in time now that you can't just rush, you know, with that story. You know, you have to talk about the whole. You have to understand the whole person and why they did things or why they did things a certain way. And, um, you know, to get a full, you know, mag- uh, a full story on somebody. And it's just, you know, I know I'm rambling on now, but I, I think it's, you know, whether you want to call it cancel cu- culture or something like that. But I think on one hand, it's necessary to understand the whole story, but at the same time to really understand that this was a human life that had just passed and that, you know, we all had that coming to us, but, you know, maybe we don't have to remember all the terrible things or, you know, the negative things that this person, you know, was associated with. Cause at the end of the day, is it really going to matter? That's a very good point. You could see the good that they've done for the game while acknowledging the bad too. And of course, you could see the different sides of it. You could you could condemn as well what what they did. But of course, the the but then you think about the hockey side. They were able to stay in that market too. And but then treatment of people where like treat 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 your treat your neighbor correctly. Treat treat them right. Uh, for me personally, outside of, outside of this podcast, no matter who I interact with, I have one simple rule. I don't have a I have a no yelling policy for anyone mm-hmm. that I associate with and that's and that's a, a boundary that i set for for people out um, no matter my walk of life and it's just knowing that people are going through their own missions of life and just and just um just go around every day and just like see how people are doing check in and all that stuff and be kind to one another yeah and just realize that i don't i don't necessarily believe money is the root of all evil but I do, I do believe that if you are a, a good person before you have a lot of money, money will amplify that in a very positive way. And if you are a cruel person who treats people badly and then you get money, it's going to amplify that more. Yeah, I can definitely, I can definitely see that. And it really just depends on, I guess, you know, the, the environment that that person's in and, you know, where their mental state is, you know, whether, you know, hey, I just won the one lottery or, hey, you know, I was just given this money or I earned this money um, kind of thing, like where they worked for it. But um, I, I think it's it's OK to talk about these things and, you know, to get it out in the open. Um, I wish more people would. Um you know, people say that, you know, it makes you softer, makes you look soft and everything. I think the hardest thing is actually being able to talk about it and acknowledge it instead of holding it in because um, you don't know what kind of emotions are going to come out of you once you talk about it or what kind of relief you could get from it. But, um, you know, back to the whole issue with uh, Mr. Melnick, um, you know, unfortunately he died, um, you know, due to uh, a short battle with a, a disease. We don't know what it was. I don't think they ever really said what it was, but, you know, that's a private matter. But at the same time, the one point I do want to bring up here is uh, there was a hockey team that kind of was going through the same thing in a town called Chicago. And, you know, once, you know, ownership and management got together and they decided to do what was best for the people around them and the organization as a whole, look what turned out in Chicago over the last 10, 15 years. So Ottawa may be uh, a team to look out for here soon. Uh, you know, they have some draft picks. They have uh, some people there that are cornerstones. Um, you know, 
things have to get darker before they get lighter. And uh, who knows, maybe Ottawa will be the team in uh, Canada that actually breaks that Stanley Cupless streak since 93. Mm-hmm. Yep. M- maybe. And they have a great, uh, great, People talk about how great their rebuild is going and how many great pieces they have. Them in Detroit, and sucks that they're in our division um, when it comes to uh, when it comes to that. But hey, the Florida Panthers are here where they are right now. And honestly, um, that was a that was a that was a. I I, I want to say I appreciate you for uh, definitely always coming on the show and definitely uh, having a hard conversation here on this on this podcast. Something that um we we spoke about uh pre-recording and then um having actually having the conversation sometimes it it it, ha- it has to happen and sometimes it's necessary but i want to say thank you once again nick um for for being for being on the show being an awesome guest host as always and always uh not only talking about the things of hockey but the things outside of hockey as well so um where can people tell everybody where they can find you online <laughs> Well, Armando, thank you again, and it's a pleasure always uh, talking, whether it's Panthers or uh, any of the topics that, you know, are debated or that should be talked about. So it's it's always fun to do that. Um, but for those who are listening, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Prudentia Zero, or you can follow uh, my articles on PantherParkway.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nick, once again, and uh, definitely we'll see you next Friday. Thank you, and uh, hopefully uh, I'll have to check the schedule. Hopefully it's a Panthers game, and we'll be uh, celebrating another Panthers victory. I'm actually checking the schedule right now, so give me one second here. Home versus Detroit. Oh, I'm going to be at that game. Ah. All right, so... Let's, uh, I'm going to do this little dance right here because that's the best way <laughs> I can do it. Uh, hopefully that'll be a uh, We Want 10 game. Uh, hopefully my wife didn't hear that, and uh, you know it, we'll be celebrating a huge win. Definitely. Hopefully we're celebrating a win and and hopefully we're getting an excited Nick Fairbanks. So thank you once again. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast. You'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you once again for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Lockdown Fantasy Hockey. Host Stu Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the experts of your fantasy league. Follow the Lockdown Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Ramon Velez with Nick Fairbanks. And you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.